Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Always here, Monday through Friday, 12 to 2 Eastern Time on Red State Talk Radio. It's March 19th, 2019, and it is an insane day. So much is coming to the forefront. But let's just start with our president's latest tweet. I am so excited, and I am going to reinforce what I've been saying always. Our president listens, our president watches, and our president has got our back. He is with us. When you think it comes down to the crunch, when you've been boxed in, when you've been removed, when you've been pushed into the shadows, boom, there it comes. And we have Laura Loomer's campaign of Stop the Bias in the White House right now. I mean, it was about time, right? And you know, a lot of people are like, why did it take so long? Why couldn't the president do it earlier? Because it wasn't the right time. It's all about timing. We have to do it at the right time with the right issues and to allow them to pull their own pants down. I keep saying that. This is how you expose them. We can't confront them. We can't talk, yell, pull our hair and scream and protest because they discredit you. They call you a conspiracy theorist. They call you crazy. You know, this is how they work. They marginalize you. Hoping to put you in this box of your right wing, you're an extremist, you're a bigot, you know, and when it's really not the case. So the president has now taken the stop the bias movement to the White House. And it's about time, as all of us will say, but it was the perfect time. Because now we're seeing, and yesterday it was reported when I, uh, you know, I follow Dan Scavino on Facebook. I write comments. He comments back to people. He wasn't allowed to comment back. So if you like put a post, hey, Dan, looking really good today. And he's like, hey, thanks. He couldn't put the hey, thanks. Facebook said, you're not allowed to respond. They've taken down pages. Twitter's done the same. Yesterday, I reported last night that I'm already on the new Twitter interface. There's a tweet that I put out. And I was on the phone late last night with Scott Adams. And I was like, yo, can you tell me what interface you have on Twitter? Because we're seeing different tweets. I'm seeing tweets that are more recent. I'm seeing tweets where they are the most popular. I don't see the Krassersteins anymore under any tweet President Trump has unless I scroll down, which means I've already been migrated to the new platform. I don't 
I, I no longer have the thing at the top where it's like home, this, that. I no longer can see how many tweets uh, the president has sent out at first instance. My profile is no longer, I only have two columns as opposed to three when you open it up on a web page. Um, you know, I have to click on their profile. It doesn't tell me how many retweets uh, the president has done, how many likes, you know, where you could see how many tweets they've done. Um, you can't see that anymore. So I only have two columns and I have like a little square for home, a hashtag for trends, a little bell for notifications, and then the mail sign for DMs. And the DMs are also different. They look like an email. So social media has done a huge overhaul. I've been migrated to the new platform. I don't know how many of you have, but just get into a browser and see it. You'll see that you have two columns, which is it looks like a web page. So when I open it up, all I can see is President Trump's feed. And then on my right, a column that says you might like. And for some reason, they keep pushing Barack Obama down my throat and then trends for you. So you can you can see that. You can see the change. You can see that they can no longer push, you know, those biased tweets. So something has changed. Some of you have migrated. Some of you have not. We've seen it with Facebook too. And, you know, I'm just going to circle back to this New Zealand thing for a second with social media. Isn't it crazy how I told you guys that the whole thing of Facebook and Instagram, because I tested it, you know, when something goes down, you want to see why it's down. I tested my social media and I saw that if I posted something to someone in the United States, it would post after attempting to retry. If I did it to someone overseas, it wouldn't. And here's the thing. Right after that, we had the New Zealand shooting and people couldn't share videos from New Zealand outside of New Zealand. And then videos, uh, you can't, uh, you can no longer download some videos and photos from people that reside outside of the United States. Like this is real. The censorship, the bias is real. They're severing our connections discreetly. This attack is all for what? Power. All for power. What they want to do is limit the available information we have, limit our interactions, and hopefully we don't realize it. Maybe we could just stay in our own echo chambers where no one can see. These algorithms of past, the shadow banning, you know, David Noonan's filed that case. It's going to be explosive because you know what they're going to have to do? They're going to have to delete every single tweet people have sent because they could get sued for it. Or maybe it'll start from the day after the court, I would assume, that they're going to be held responsible. So if they're losing the shield of publishing... That's it for them. There goes Twitter. It's gone. Because now, if someone says something nasty about you, we could sue Twitter for letting it be on there. So here's the choice that Twitter and Facebook have. Either you leave people alone and let them do their thing, or you get held responsible for it. And who wants to be on Twitter when you can't say something, you know, and snap back at someone? When you can't use cuss words or call them out for being phonies? No one's going to use it. So this is going to be super huge. And I'm so excited that Stop the Bias is finally at the White House. It's incredible. I mean, the minute I saw it, I sent it to Laura and I was like, girl, it's your time now. She has been boxed into a corner. They painted her in this way of being, you know, out on the fringe. She's not. She is one of the biggest voices of our nation fighting for liberty out there right now.
And everyone else is just jealous. They just, you know, and I wanted to say that. So, you know, these establishment rhinos, these establishment persons, the Democrats too. I, I realized why they probably hate our president so much. They loathe him. Because they're jealous that he had the cojones to stop what is going on in our nation and they didn't. They had the opportunity, but they sold their souls and sold the people out. So disgusting. Because they can't make it. They want to destroy anyone else that can. That is the bottom line. I mean, we see it with George Conway, you know, Kellyanne Conway's uh, husband. Yesterday, I retweeted a tweet he sent out about narcissism. And I'm like, come on, rule number one. When you're sick, you don't Google on WebMD. Your headache will turn out to be cancer. Your foot sore will be, you know, um, flesh-eating bacteria. Uh, Your cough will be lung cancer. And now MAGA and winning is narcissism. This is what he's pushing. And one would think, you know, Hey, hold on a second, man. Your wife is working in the White House. She is the voice of the president of the United States. What are you doing? Here's what he's doing. It's pettiness. We all know that in a couple, there's synergy. And I feel really bad for the dynamics they probably have. You know, George is probably bitter that his wife is better than him. And unfortunately, you know, uh, I'm not a feminist, okay? But we do know that there's a lot of men that feel less of men when their women are alphas. And, you know, that, that happens a lot. I mean, you know, how do you, how does a woman who's an alpha, who's strong, right, couple up with a male that wants to be alpha naturally. I mean, I did. My husband is alpha, but he's beta when it comes to what I'm doing. Like I'm beta when he, when it comes to what he's doing, it's understanding that is there's a give and take. George is bitter. He was never hired. His wife is excelling. His wife is in, in the limelight. She is leading this. She is holding the torch for Liberty and the voice of Liberty. And he just can't handle it. I, I can imagine how hard it is for him, but I can't even imagine how hard it is for Kelly, you know, and uh, people need to understand that, uh, politics is a very divisive topic. Like I don't talk about it with my family. I mean, I'm going to be heading off for a big soiree of a wedding and you know, majority of them are Democrats. So it's going to be three days of me keeping my mouth shut. And I've already instructed my kids, do not say a word. Um, because it's, it's, it's all about just keeping the peace, right? It's all about, um, understanding that some people are just not as able to see things as you are. Some people are more prone to conditioning. In the case of George Conway, it's just him being bitter. That's basically it. And it totally sucks that he does it in that way. I mean, it just shows just how petty he can be. And, you know, a lot of people are like, why doesn't she just divorce him? No, man, because you don't break up a family for a tift. I, I, I'm all about that. I mean, the only, the only time that I'm all for divorcing someone and dropping them is infidelity. That's the one thing I think can't be cured. If you can get over financial issues, um, you know, uh, family issues in regards to how you raise your kids, uh, religious issues, if you can get over all those humps and political issues, it, you know, there's, that's a strong marriage. I mean, it's like a friendship. You got to foster it the right way. And, uh, and I'm finding a lot of rifts. Uh, coming out 
Okay, so said on that, uh, the censorship that's being attacked, it is Tuesday and this week is just pounding with crazy information, isn't it? We've got, you know, now they're legit stating, hey, Disney just bought out Fox. We separated Fox News. Yeah, you did. Sure you did. This is why Paul Ryan is going onto the board as a separate entity. See what Tory has been saying all this time, right? See? Because people think, oh, well, it wasn't part of the deal. Well, actually, it kind of was. Because it's a separate entity, but it also needs to meet the requirements that um, our top brass in the FBI and CIA have, have fostered. We're seeing it. Changes in the lineups. People that are staunch conservatives and saying, oh, you know, maybe Donna Brazile coming on. That's because you want to keep your face on Fox. I wouldn't put my face on Fox even if they paid me right now because they've sold me out. They are not unbiased. Just like Blaze TV. It's not CRTV that it used to be. I mean, Where do you get unbiased news? How can you get it? When you see these snakes going in. And remember, let's talk about Paul Ryan for a second. So Paul Ryan is a snake. We all know how he facilitated this whole dossier. We all know what an establishment clown he is. But I'm going to tell you something that I've kind of inched about and I don't want to give it more yet. Because it scares me that I was right. And I say it all the time. I hate it when I'm right sometimes. I really wish I was wrong. Kind of like I was, I wish I was wrong about Venezuela. Kind of how I was, I wish I was wrong about Barr. So back in 2017, after the inauguration, Vice President Pence started his own PAC. His own PAC raising funds. Nick Ayers, who was his chief of staff, was running it. There were whispers, 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 whispers of who was going to get on the ticket with Mike Pence. Now, remember, I say that people have a short-term memory. And I always say that when you want to be able to get a good idea of what the future is and understand where your feet land in the present, you got to look at history. And this morning I was on the Scott Adams show on WFYL, uh, you know, talking to the East Coast about it. And one has to remember history. So we can start with Abraham Lincoln. He had his own vice president. He, they were scathing that he was elected. He completed a term. And he was running for a second term. And who did they slot in as his VP? Andrew Johnson. And the minute he took office, he was assassinated. And Andrew Johnson took his spot. Selected and done. We could say the same for James Garfield, another very, very strong conservative aligned with William McKinley. Remember, the president talked about McKinley at CPAC. He as well had uh, another vice president slotted in and there he goes. He's gone. William McKinley, same thing. Vice president, then he's gone. We saw it with JFK. Then he's gone. So, and let's talk about the unsuccessful attempts, right? Let's talk about Roosevelt, who took the slot. 
you know, from one of those presidents, then he was gone because he realized what was going on, right? Let's talk about Truman. We could talk about all these people. Let's talk about Gerald Ford, Ronald Reagan. What did their VPs have in common? They all started a PAC, their own separate PAC, to supposedly promote. I mean, we could go into um, Vice President Bush. The minute he came into office, he started his own PAC. And I've always claimed that George Bush, Bush 41, was a three-term president. So this is, this is a pretty scary notion, but, you know, we have to learn from history because our mistakes, I've said it before, our mistakes, our wrongdoings, our scars, our uh, disregarding key facts, all these things should not be in shame. They should be worn as badges and learned from. You know, one thing I teach my kids, even, even my daughter who's in college now, hey, if you get a bad grade on your exam and my younger one, take your exam. And look at what you got wrong and why. Try to think of where you made the error so that way you don't repeat it. And it seems like we're repeating the same errors. So I just wanted to point that out because this whole discussion of the 25th Amendment is going to be coming to the forefront. And I've kind of made notion of who and what was part of it. Don't forget that scathing, anonymous op-ed that the New York Times posted. So I want you guys to stand fast and pay attention and think, why would President Trump appoint an establishment person? And we've seen why he does it. Because this is how you get them to pull their pants down. But in that essence, are we just feeding into the same cycle and into their plan? Because like we've seen with all other presidents that have completed one term two and or one term and a half or just less than one term, the one thing that the opposition party is, and the opposition party is not just the Democrats, it's the establishment of Republicans, is that they learn from their mistakes. They try to find out, all right, how was he elected? Okay, uh, he got the popular vote. Obviously, we didn't rig the votes much, so let's fix this. Okay, we'll let illegals vote. Okay, we'll put more voting machines. Okay, we'll lower the age to 16. That factor is being addressed. We can see it. Oh, he had social media. Okay, let's start on the censorship. Let's like block people. Let's shadow ban them. Let's keep them in their own echo chamber so that way people don't see it let's limit the information they can get from google let's limit the information that they can get from youtube let's silence 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 okay so then we take out the social media factor then we go to mainstream media oh they still have fox they've got crtv don't worry we'll send glenn beck he'll take over crtv and we'll run the narrative we're kind of going to make it moderate We'll label people that are liberal but kind of question and push like joe rogan as moderates and then we'll take over fox news and we'll fix that too done Now let's perpetuate this, how racist they are and how white supremacy. Let's all just keep pushing that, push that, push it, push it. That's their plan. Guys, you don't see it. They're mitigating every single thing that got our president elected. Every single thing, not one thing. They are addressing every single aspect of what got president Trump elected. Look at your local media. Look at your local media. That's all I have to say. Look at your state media. Don't they all publish articles that are anti-Trump? Don't they all publish letters to the editor that are all scathing of uh, our administration? Look at your local media. So on a local level, they've already done it. You are not allowed to raise your head. You are not allowed to state the truth. They are succeeding in their plan and implementation so far. But we're just getting started. Because now we have a lot of uh, chambers in our guns, right? Tons. And they're fully loaded. 
FISA, you know, the, 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 the FISA warrant application, D-class, we got the executive order, let's swipe that. So that's what we're going to talk about today, how our ammunition is ready to go. We've got William Barr in there, which we know is establishment. Don't pay any mind of him coming in. He is a breath of fresh air because every clown serves his purpose. Everyone. We've got the Mueller report. We've got the veto that came out, right? We've got so many things going. And guys, this is just going to drop. I'm expecting that today we may have some recommendations for criminal prosecution. This is what I'm hearing in the chatter. Uh, this could come out later on this afternoon after two because that's when they, they function, uh, you know, and get things unsealed from courts or um, investigations. So it's usually around 2 p.m. Eastern time, guys, or um, tomorrow because Friday – I believe we'll have our first indictments. So this is all coming to fruition. But we're also seeing new attacks coming uh, to attack uh, President Trump and uh, his administration and his supporters. But we're okay because we finally got it in place. We know their methods. Remember, the one key thing when you're trying to figure out what the mission is of a spy, let's say, right? is to figure out their methods, not who they are, their methods, not who they work for or what their target is or what their goal is. It's the methods. And we are now getting a lot of light into that area of the methods. They are coming to light and you can see it. The attacks, you know, this is, this is just the four buckets that I'm giving you of, of, of that. But think just how many other distractions they have, you know, like, and who's dying? Did you guys hear that? Yeah, someone committed suicide today. And you would think, well, why would that guy randomly commit suicide? Why would the financial advisor to the Clintons and the Obamas suddenly commit suicide? I mean, it's not like the Mueller investigation is all over that. Why would he commit suicide? So that tells you a lot. Just that on itself. Where Alan Kruger takes his life is deafening. It tells you exactly how far this is going. Financial, presidential financial advisor, a professor at Princeton, takes his life when there's no scrutiny on any of the PAB, PABD or the Presidential Advisory Board of Directors has come through. And, you know, I talked about that months ago. That if people actually look at the 13 individuals that worked as presidential advisors uh, for President Barack Hussein Obama, they'll see that all of them are in cushy, cushy spots. Like they're working at Google, working at Twitter, working at Facebook. Some are at Harvard, Georgetown Law, Kaplan. Pay attention to the details. Because see, the mainstream media, aside from feeding us false narratives... Aside from taking an unverified dossier and spinning it out, you know how the mockingbird, ooh, it's going to boom now. Oh, he's boxed in. Ooh, this three years of rubbish. Why? Distractions. You shouldn't see what's really going on. You shouldn't see what's really happening. And anyone who reported anything that's happening has been silenced, has been deemed a conspiracy theorist and pushed to the shadows. Now they're saying, hey, you know, anyone that's on like alternative media is fake news. Are they though? 
you're the one taking marching orders. And that goes for everyone that's on your airways. But here's the thing that we all need to pay attention to and be very careful of. And I've said it before. Be careful who you listen to. Be careful who you read about. And you know what? Read everything. I mean, if you see the people that I follow, I want my news feed to be diverse. Uh, I use Twitter simply to get news feeds. I keep it as least as possible. Obviously, number one, you know, the new flag is if you're following too many people, they will ban you. And we saw a tweet from Praying Medic today where he was disabled on his account. He's got a three-day suspension, which means the next one's going to be a seven day and then he's permanently banned. So apparently that's bot like behavior. Cause I get a lot of DMS from people. Why aren't you following me? And it's like, listen, dude, my DMS are open. I talk to everyone, but I can't follow everyone because they will ban me because this is the way they silence people. You know, I'm okay with having just one follower. Honestly, I'm just putting news out to put news out. Okay. Because I have the right to voice my opinion on a public forum be very, very careful of your numbers because now they're going to start scrutinizing. If you have equal amount of followers and who you're following, it's now a problem. This is how they source out. Like who really follows 16,000 people for news? Like how how can you see 16,000 feeds? Be careful because that's the next step. The next step is riddling them. I I lost, I think, 30 followers yesterday because their accounts were banned or removed. Um, not 30, you know, I was following them. So I lost 30 people yesterday because uh, their accounts were removed. Be very, very careful because they are coming full speed ahead, but our president is on fire. And after this break, we're going to talk about the first steps that we're taking to tackle the remedies that they have in order to guarantee themselves a 2020 win. So I'll see you all in a few. Stay tuned. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr. and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. 
Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for MyPillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. MyPillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. MyPillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. MyPillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back, everyone, to the second half hour of the first hour of the Tori Says Show. Remember, you can always follow me on Gab and Twitter at Tori underscore says. Now, like I said, we're going to analyze exactly what's been happening. So that way you can see um, how the behind the scenes are coming forward. I mentioned the suicide of Alan uh, Krugman, right? So Kruger. So remember... This guy was the financial advisor for the Clinton administration and the Obama administration. He is nowhere on the radar, according to the mainstream media, and those that want to call themselves conservative media. And I'm air quoting. He is nowhere on the radar, but he committed suicide. Think, what would a financial advisor to both the Clinton administration and the Obama administration, you know, like working in the White House and presidential advisor, right, for economics, a professor at Princeton. Why would he commit suicide? What's coming? Where was he implicated? Great questions, right? This is where you need to look at who's resigning, you know, pay attention to where it's going. And then you will be able to understand just how much is being done. Because I hear it a lot. People are like, oh, he should do this. Oh, he's, you can't. Kind of even, even with Laura Loomer, like she has, her rights as an American citizen have been violated. She can't use PayPal. Teespring sent her something completely illegal. Hey, PayPal said that if we do business with you, they're not going to do business with us. That's blackmail. So they dropped her as a client, not being able to sell t-shirts. You know, she, her bank you know, uh, discriminated against her. Like, come on, guys. This is America. This isn't Venezuela. This isn't the USSR. This isn't the People's Republic of China. This is the United States of America. And you're thinking, why is the president not doing anything? The same thing goes for Alex Jones. You might not like him. I totally love him. I love him for his insane comments. I love him for his energy. And the fact that, you know, he's, he's soccer balls to the wall. He doesn't care. 
He's just going to report what he thinks is right. And I don't agree with everything he says, always. I never agree with anyone 100%. That would just be weird, you know? But he was silenced. Gab, not allowed to process payments through Stripe. Why? Because Pelosi owns it. I've been talking about it. So you're thinking, well, where's the president on this? He has to do something. It's getting out of control. Mm. You know, Laura Loomer, McGinnis, uh, you know, uh, Milo, uh, Alex Jones, tons of other people that are well-known are not the only ones. There's little guys like you and I that have been through the same thing happening across the nation, but unfortunately they don't have the platform care coming after Laura. They actually came after me, me. And you know, I never went in person, but apparently I hit a nerve, you know, with going and talking about certain things about child trafficking and you know, how this ideology is coming in and how Ilhan Omar was being blamed for selling children and promoting it for child sexual slavery and promoting creeping Sharia. This is all happening. So everyone's frustrated. Why isn't the president doing it? Because it wasn't time. Now is the time. Now is the time and we're seeing it. So yesterday I wanted to tell you guys. So I've always been saying that I'm going to go to these Greek Independence Day signings at the White House. Um, but unfortunately, and even reading it through my president's face, you guys have to understand the Greek American community you know who's part of that community, right? And I hate to say it and it disgusts me and sitting on the boards and being part of these organizations in the past, you know, John Podesta is one of them. It's disgusting. Like I'm like, no, he shouldn't be because his mom was Greek and he was influential. Ugh, rubbish. Most of the people there are through these, um, literally Masonic groups. Um, you know, the daughters of Athena, the daughters of Penelope, um, you know, they're, they're, they're benign to people that sign up for them. They're like, Oh, it's just keeping the roots, but they're really not. I, I just want you to listen to part of his speech. But if, if you have the time, I, I follow this, um, channel on YouTube called golden state times. Uh, they put little clips of the president. I would, I totally recommend you watch clips if you ever want to see what the president has to say through them. I'm just going to play a little beginning clip of it, of his speech yesterday for the Greek Independence Day celebration um, and how he appreciates uh, the contributions of the diverse Americans that have, uh, you know, embedded themselves within the United States and helped it grow. Because remember, we are a nation of immigrants, legal immigrants that came here, wanted to assimilate and uh, grow and create jobs. Uh, take a listen. Well, that's a nice crowd of people. So we, uh, we were just given this great hat. You know what that says? Huh? Make Greece great again, right? Right? Okay. Thank you all very much. A great honor to be here. And so many of my friends celebrate Greek Independence Day. We're deeply privileged to have with us His Eminence Arch Archbishop Demetrius, who's been a friend of mine for a long time. A great honor. To all the members of the Greek Orthodox community, welcome to a very, very special place called the White House. You've been hearing about it for a long time. You'll be hearing about it for a long time. But it is a very, very special kind of a home. It becomes home, and uh, there's nothing like it. 
We're also grateful to be joined by Greece's ambassador to the United States, Harris Lalakas. Where's Harris? Thank you very much. Great job. As well as the ambassador from Cyprus, Marius Lysiotis. Lysiotis, hi. How are you? Thanks, Marius. And the appointed ambassador from the European Union, Stavros Lambrianis. So I'll stop it there. First of all, the hat that he had was actually written in Greek, make Greece great again. The Greeks are really frustrated with what's going on in Greece. Uh, One hiatus, the Cypriot ambassador was there. Now, Cyprus is a separate nation. And remember, I had said this before, and those that um, have never listened to my show, Australia was a place where the British people would send their criminals. Seriously. That's how Australia was founded and created they would ship all their criminals cyprus was the same thing for the greeks back in the day it was an island off you know away tucked in the corner towards you know the shores of lebanon and turkey and israel and palestine and they would just dump them there and they became an independent nation they were ruled by the british at some point they actually have the cypriot pound which is kind of their currency um obviously they're part of the eu now uh we know that they were being used and as an offshore there was a lot of um a lot of news about that uh in the past you know five years uh, surrounding money laundering and um soros banking so This meeting happens every year where they acknowledge uh, that the Greeks had, you know, separated themselves from the Ottoman Empire. And he uses the word Ottoman uh, throughout his speech. And it's very important that people pay attention to that because I talk about Turkey and I talk about their activities as gatekeepers and how, um, you know, their position geographically uh, to one of the most um, uh, wanted, I guess, land masses. Like if you control... Turkey, you have access to Africa, Asia, and Europe at the same time. So, you know, strategically, having a base or having control of that nation is very important. And I'm just giving you that so you understand geopolitics, right, and how they work. Now, something that was discussed, um, you know, obviously, as you see, he had the archbishop. Archbishop Demetrius is a great guy. And a lot of people are like, well, why is an archbishop talking for the Greeks? Why isn't it the ambassador? Because the one thing about the Greeks is, is that they do not separate church and state. They're a Christian nation, and any decisions that happen within the nation are done with the church. Obviously, though, as we see, even in the Catholic church, there's corruption. It's all about money. Regardless, I just wanted to point out how he reinforced Christianity and how it should be under God and also reinforced um, questions that were posed to him in regards to the Cypriot issue. And that issue is in 1974, half of Cyprus was uh, impeded on by the Ottomans, by the Turks. So they've literally confiscated half the nation and they call it Turkey now. They invaded it. Like literally in 1974, this is like invasion period. So that is a, a topic that was brought up, you know, can he solve it? I don't know. How do you work with the Ottomans when they're in such a great position to just create mayhem, right? And this is why they're being tugged by all sides. The reason I say this is because yesterday I also told you guys that the Turkish, um, you know, Erdogan had made public statements using a derogatory term called yowers. 
Yowers is a defamatory term against people that are non-Muslim, specifically those of Christians. And he celebrated it. He's like, we should, you know, deal with these Yowers. And it's like, why would any leader of a country that is in a position of push and pull between the EU, the Arab nations, and the United States, and China, and Russia, dare to use such a defamatory term. And Russia, if you guys know, like Greece, makes decisions with what? Their priests. They're very highly um, church-orientated, right? You'll never see Putin sitting down at a meeting with his cabinet without an archbishop, a patriarch, or a metropolitan by his side. And that is really important for people to understand that. And, And this will be understood a little bit later. So Russia right now, as of yesterday has uh, a little bit of turmoil from what I watched uh, from the news from local channels within Georgia and Russia and um, Kazakhstan. What little things that I can see is that there's a little bit of tension because Putin did not like that remark uh, from Erdogan. Uh, The same thing came out of Greece. Like, wait a minute, hold on. Why are you invoking the speech you did when there were massacres at war? What are you doing? So these two nations that have in the past clashed, and more so Russia did it on the side of the Armenian because that was a speech that was made right before the Armenian genocide too. Something that the globalists don't want to admit to. So yesterday, the president even made it clear that he wasn't going to be there for the signing, but he wanted to make sure he was. And regardless if the majority of the people there weren't people that he wanted, like I mentioned, they come from certain groups, there were people there that he did. And he didn't do it for that. He did it as an answer to the Gower comment. For me, this is how I read it. Because President Trump doesn't do things by accident. He doesn't do things or say things without having completed something or going on something. Kind of like the things he retweets. And this is where I'm getting with that. So if you noticed, he retweeted Tucker Carlson and uh, Hannity's shows. I'm going to play Tucker Carlson's quickly for you so you could take a listen. Because this is very telling. Hey, now. Now, to be clear, we don't really know that it is coming any day now, but everyone in Washington is saying that. But there are indications that it might be. Former acting Attorney General Matthew Whitaker, for one, has said it's pretty much wrapped up. In any case, all of this will end at some point. And when it does, there will be chaos in the news business. Every interested party will work to spin it to their own ends. Before that happens, let's pause to put this in perspective and remember how the Russia hoax began in the first place. Throughout the 2016 presidential campaign, Hillary Clinton and her surrogates in the media attacked Donald Trump for his role in pushing the birther story. They didn't just argue that it was dumb to think Barack Obama was born in Kenya. They said it hurt America. They said it delegitimized Obama as a leader by casting him as an illegitimate president. Those are fair points. If you can't prove something is true, you shouldn't claim that it is. If you don't like a president's policies, argue against them. Offer a better alternative. Don't claim that he isn't really the president. That doesn't help the country. Somehow, though, Democrats learned the opposite lesson. And so for three years, they pushed their own far more harmful conspiracy, the theory of Russian collusion. This was all invented, as you know, by the Clinton campaign for short-term political gain during the race. 
Newly unsealed court documents show how Fusion GPS, working on behalf of the Clintons, worked to publicize the fraudulent Steele dossier. The dossier was never more than gossip. No responsible news outlet would publish it, even those that hated Trump. Instead, Fusion pitched its lies to government officials. Fusion founder Glenn Simpson met with Bruce Orr at the Department of Justice. Christopher Steele met with Jonathan Weiner at the State Department. Weiner spread the disinformation to his colleagues. Eventually, even President Obama and Jim Comey were briefed on the dossier. Never has unverified opposition research in a presidential campaign reached higher levels of government. Now, before we continue that video, I just want to break down the first two parts. So the first part is Tucker reminding people, because we forget, how this all started. Key. They were mocking him for buying into the birther thing or, you know, how he was trying to delegitimize President Barack Hussein Obama. And, you know, in in essence, it's true. Like, why would you try to do that? That just makes our country look bad. But, you know, it's a question because the question is literally right after Barack Hussein Obama swore in as president the first executive order he signed was to seal all presidential information, his information, his past, his identity, Michelle's, and every single action to come for the next eight years. It is so sealed that even our president today cannot request documents because it's under presidential seal. And like I've been hinting, 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 Pandora's box would explode completely if what? If our president undid that executive order. And Siliza, who is now with CNN, at that time, when President Barack Hussein Obama swore in, said it was putting concrete boots on transparency. His words when he was writing for the fix. Everyone knows that that executive order was to silence any questions. We saw court cases and one signed by Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, Roberts, harassing people, saying, if you dare question anything, we will sue you till kingdom come. Threats. And you have to think, who is President Barack Hussein Obama? He was a guy that no one heard about. He had suddenly gotten to Senate, into Senate, and he didn't even complete a term, and suddenly he was president and beat out Hillary Clinton, who was a well-known figure. Tons of money behind his campaign, coming out of the woodwork. And remember, Hillary Clinton was also campaigning against him with the whole birther argument, if we remember correctly. See, because people forget. So it, it think, you know, The president never tweets things, right? And never says things when there isn't something cooking. And for me, with one stroke of a pen, if he removes that bar, you know, that, that, you know, cloak that President Barack Hussein Obama put within minutes of swearing in, that's the first thing he did. He signed that executive order. Pandora's box will be unleashed and there will be serious issues. For me, obviously, and for many of you, we understand this hoax. And Tucker so eloquently put it together. This was an orchestrated attempt to use trolling, 
and BS. And things manufactured from people that didn't like President Trump or wanted him to stay out of office to start an investigation. That in itself is a crime. So are we saying that judges, attorney generals, um, prosecutors, you know, leaders in our FBI and CIA are going to start investigating people on crap that they find on the internet or on social media? What does that tell you about integrity? See, that is the key here. How did this all start? Oh, you know, this person from this trailer said this. This country had reported this. This video, you know, if you kind of squint a little bit, may look like President Trump peeing on hookers. The, the, you know, if you look at this, so we're taking that information, putting it in a dossier, and then slandering, defaming, libel against a guy who's running for president and now is president? Can you take our judicial and law enforcement seriously? There shouldn't even be a Mueller report. Mueller should never have been appointed. An investigation should never have been started. So bottom line is, let's lock them all up because you just made a mockery of our judicial system, our laws, and this is how it goes. And you know what? Think about it this way. Let's pretend I don't like you. And your name is John Smith. So me and a team of trolls globally get together and we start posting a lot of stuff. Oh, you know, this. Oh, you know, he wrote um, this on this social media. Oh, this is his page. It's not his page. This is his Wikipedia profile, not his Wikipedia profile. But we just create it and then we go to some guy who obviously recruited us, right? Paid for it because, you know, he's your political, you're his political opposition, John Smith. So all of us trolls get together and give information. And this guy is, you know, maybe the attorney general of New York or, you know, the, the head of the DOJ, Loretta Lynch, big gaugey. And we give all that information. We're like, let's do it. Let's use this uncorroborated crap, file it, attack him, smear him, defame him, and try to remove him, eradicate him. This is what happened. So I and a team of trolls, because that's basically what they were, they're trolls. So now we're going to be using red flag type behavior of trolls. We're going to use cyber and other harassment with actual bona fide intelligence sources doing the harassing, right? To attack a sitting president. This is exactly what happened. Think about it. Think about it on a more lower level of, you know, Trolls that are sitting on their lawn chairs, wiping Dorito dust on their chest, and they want to, you know, reduce you into nothing because, you know, they just don't like you and they don't even know you, but they just don't like, you You know, kind of like Trump derangement syndrome. We all have John Smith derangement syndrome. And they know that you are there to take out big dogs. You are maybe someone like Laura Loomer who is taking them down one by one. So what do they do? They all unite and they just piece together information and say, oh, this is circumstantial. This is, this is good enough. And then they take it and run with it. What does that say about the prosecutor or the attorney general? What does that say about the FBI at that point? And, and let's not talk FBI because if we're going after John Smith, we're not going to go FBI. We're going to go, I don't know, local police that will tell you, well, there's no crime. So um, 
done. So then they just take it civil. And then they use like some clown like the attorney general of New York to to prosecute with all this BS that they've collected while they're sitting on their lawn chairs naked, eating Doritos and around the world, just collecting it and foaming at the mouth. Oh my gosh, Trump, John Smith syndrome. And they're foaming and they're just like, ah, I hate them. Look at them. They look so ugly. Look at them. They this, look at them. You know, this is what happened to the president. This is where we're at. So they're talking birther is undermining our nation, but this isn't. This is ridiculous, guys. This is ridiculous. So we have people that have been provided the trust of the people to hold positions in law enforcement, in our judicial system, in our intelligence community, and even in the darn White House. And they use it to do what? Pretty much troll. That's basically what they did. Take a listen to the rest of this clip quickly. Meanwhile, the press used this fact as a pretext for publishing the dossier. No, we can't prove it's true, but people in the Obama administration are talking about it. Therefore, it's news. The editor of BuzzFeed admitted that was the thinking on this show. So basically, now the press has gone out, used all this troll collection information, posted it as true. The president's a fraud, or let's say John Smith is a fraud. John Smith peed on prostitutes. John Smith did this. Look at John Smith's page. John Smith did this. John Smith did that. But why are you posting that if there's no crime? Because if it was a crime, it would have been prosecuted. So this is all circumstantial narrative storytelling and you're taking it on another, but you're still reporting it. Oh, well, if everybody else is talking about it, totally true. Take a listen to what BuzzFeed said to Tucker back then. This document that is being fought over that, and that, by the way, everybody except the public in a certain sense has seen, we've seen, you know, and we don't have any special powers. At what right. point do you, does the audience say, you know, we can, we can see this too and we can deal with the fact that it is okay. clearly labeled as unverified, that it's clearly labeled that some things in it aren't true, which is what we did. I, I, I kind of get it. I mean, so what you're saying is because famous people are gossiping about it and because other famous news organizations... Famous people, the President of the United States, the President-elect sure. and the intelligence a, 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 agencies. A, a, a famous person? The, they, 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 famous here, trust people. me, they, they, they gossip too. And by the way, let me just note... Not gossip, the official briefing, between, a document what, that, by the way, is a public document subject to the Freedom of Information Law. Well, actually, in some sense, it's gossip because it's unverified. And the difference between what you did and what Drudge did was what Drudge reported turned out to be true, whereas it looks like what you reported is not true. Okay, and before we continue that clip, the whole segmented clip that President Trump put together, what he said was was right. So it's a bunch of rumors. It's a bunch of gossip that you've put into a dossier and filed it, and you're reporting on it when it's gossip. Pretty interesting, right? I'll get back to that after the break, and we'll talk more dirty details about these prosecutorial recommendations coming through.
Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the second hour of the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So right before the break, we listened to how it was described so we can remember the actual origin of this dossier. It was basically a bunch of high-level trolls that didn't want someone being elected, right? This was political opposition. And they used our judicial law enforcement intelligence community globally as well. And our mainstream media to perpetuate it. They knew it was unverified. They knew it was false, but because people were talking about it and it was gossip had to be talked about it, regardless of who it was causing harm to. That's basically what was being said. So let's just take a listen to the rest of this clip. Um, because it's pretty eye-opening, and this is why the president tweeted it. Not gossip, official briefing, please. It was a ploy to defame a political opponent. Everyone knew that. And in fact, in the years since, no evidence has ever emerged to verify the dossier's main claims. It was fake then, it is fake now. But it still caused an awful lot of damage. That fraudulent dossier was used to justify the grotesque civil rights violations perpetrated on Naval Academy graduate Carter Page. It justified multiple congressional investigations. Wait, okay, tons of violations, right? Criminal. What about waste, fraud, and abuse of state and federal tax money to do this? What about the millions and millions of dollars we spent investigating a troll report? That is criminal. These people should be held accountable, if anything, when we see suggestions, suggestions, and these are recommendations for prosecution that are coming down the pipeline. It's from those at the source that chose to use something so salacious, to use something that was used simply to smear a political opponent, unverified, manufactured gossip disgusting manufactured gossip from trolls we spent our tax money on this they used our court system to as their playground to push this through this is a crime you are not allowed to use our courtroom our law enforcement you have no right to issue subpoenas on rumors and unverifiable things just circumstantial things you should pay People should pay the president for defaming him and everyone else associated, just like he said, about Carter Page. This is reality, guys. This is basically childhood BS. A bunch of P 
people that were upset that he was running wanted to smear him and take him down. And they took it to that level where they took it kind of like Jussie Smollett did. I'm following the police report. Well, there you go. Now you go to jail for pushing a lie. So all of these people need to go to jail for pushing a known lie. They knew it was false. They knew it was being sourced from sources that can't be trusted. And they created this narrative to use, you know, our court as a jungle gym, our FBI as their mercenaries, our intelligence community global, severing and harming cooperative ties and relationships that we've had for decades and even eons with nations that we call allies. This is disgusting. Let's listen to the final minute. Was ground government to a halt. It helped destroy a relationship with Russia. That didn't need to happen, but it did, thanks to this hoax. And, of course, the dossier justified hundreds, if not thousands, of totally irresponsible remarks by politicians and journalists. You may remember some of them. Congressman Ted Lieu said there was a, quote, cloud of treason over the White House. Eric Swalwell of California called Trump a Russian agent, quote, hiding in plain sight. Even Nancy Pelosi, who's supposed to be a responsible leader, who's old enough to know better, said it was certain that Russia was blackmailing the president. All of these were lies. Nobody's ever apologized for them. When the Mueller report does drop, whenever it drops, how will these people explain to their followers, the people who take them seriously, the NPR listeners, the people who read The New Yorker, the entire audience at CNN, why there's no proof of collusion in the document? According to one poll, 67% of Democrats believe it is probably or definitely true that Russia tampered with vote tallies to help Trump win. Now, in Washington, people know that's ludicrous. Everyone here understands the game. But out there, people really believe this stuff. Pelosi and Schiff and Swalwell told them it was true. MSNBC's entire lineup backed them up. Will those people be disappointed? Or they just assume that Putin somehow got to Mueller, too. So that's a question. So how are they going to spin this? How are they going to use that, you know, to their to their narrative? They're going to do what? And I've said this before. It is a double-edged sword dropping this Mueller report. Because all of us want to see it and parade it around and say, whoop, it was all BS to begin with. But do you do that? Do you do that? Because in that Mueller report or that court filing, you know, there's things that people will be like, well, you know, that hair is out of place. So let's start investigating that, you know. So it's curious as to where it's going to go, right? I personally don't care about the Mueller report. I want a summary from the Attorney General Barr that says there was no Russia collusion. That's it. This was all wrong. It shouldn't have happened. That is what I want. I don't need the Mueller report. I don't need it. I already know it's fake. I already know it started fake. And with that statement, we need to see these people that took gossip, BS, manufactured by troll farms, global troll farms, to create a fake dossier using our tax money to pay for it or their campaign funds or their uh, organizing for action funds or, 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 or. Held accountable for slander, defamation, libel, and trying to usurp our republic. That's what I want to see. I don't care about the Mueller report. I really don't care. 
I already know it's fake. All you need to do is say there was no Russia collusion because here's the way corrupt people work. They know that they started this investigation with nothing, but they're adamant that there's got to be something. So they're just going to manufacture things and dig in. And the more information you volunteer, the more they find to then continue and perpetuate this. Because at this point, they're dying to find anything to validate and substantiate their use of federal and state taxpayer money to start this investigation. They will find anything. Anything. And we saw that with Manafort and Cohen. I mean, we saw that. They are dying for anything. And that in itself is a crime. I mean, I don't like Cohen. He's a rat. Poor Manafort. They all made bad decisions in the past. But come on, man. You're supposed to be looking at Russia collusion. You got zero zilch on Russia. And you're going for other things. Why? Because you want to validate your actions. But see... There's something called, you know, the Fourth Amendment. Mm, Big deal. This is a civil rights violation. And this has happened to not just one, but many people across the nation. Not just through the Mueller report. Because do you think that they only targeted people in D.C.? Do you think that there's not people right now in California, Oregon, Illinois, my state in North Dakota, South Dakota, New York, that are going through the same harassment they are because this is how you eradicate opponents you slander you libel you put together a dossier swear to god there's a dossier on me guys there's probably one on you and it's just you having loud enough of a voice for them to just come at you and say "Uh uh-oh I need to stop this right now I'm gonna use my federal and state taxpayer money in my office to destroy you and this is what they did to the president this is presidential harassment wow they used trolls and gossip to start an investigation how is this even okay (laughs) like you know you can't even criminally prosecute a drug dealer with gossip you can't say oh you know uh so and so was talking about it so it's got to be true so we're locking you up you got to get a warrant you have to have credible information credible information not you know trailer park talk credible information you've got to have a victim you've got to have a crime then you go to the prosecutor then you go to the judge and you ask for a warrant you just don't open up investigations who do you think you are just because the law says you can doesn't mean you should that's the thing abuse of power being above the law this is the bottom line here guys this was an abuse of office an abuse of power and they should all be locked up and we're going to see that Because this is where they're going to grab them on. The processes. You know how they tried to nail our general with um, lying when it wasn't supposed to be recorded, when he didn't say anything, when he might have misspoke or forgotten something? This is it. Hey, did you check this information? Did you ask? For example, you say that he was with the prostitutes, right, in Russia. Did you ask the president about it? What did he say? He said no. Do you have proof that it's him? Unequivocal proof? No, I don't. Then why did you proceed? Because there's many things in that dossier that they didn't even ask President Trump. They didn't say, hey, Donald, you're running for office, but we hear that you sat down with Russia and had coffee. Was that true? Well, actually, no, I haven't. Do you have evidence of that? Did you get Putin saying that 
he sat down and had coffee with him? Do you have someone that is not on your payroll or not on, you know, manufacturing things that actually knows the president and, and can prove that they were with him? You know, did they, you know, do you have that? No, I didn't. Then why did you pursue it? Hey, you were in Budapest. I wasn't. I have proof that I wasn't. But you still pursued it. This is where it comes down to. With what judgment did you take false accusations or paint a picture of it? Because here's what corrupt people do. When you want to nail someone, what do you do? You take partial truth information and then fake information to fill in the blanks so you can draw the picture you want. It's like connecting the dots. It could tell you go from 1 to 20, but if you do it a different way, instead of getting a bunny, you get a dinosaur. You know, it's all what you want it to look like, right? It's like the connect the dot cartoons, you know, that we used to do as kids on our coloring books. If you follow the numbers and you follow the truth, it'll give you a bunny. If you don't, you get a dinosaur or a vampire. This is what happened. This is why they're going to be held accountable. Their contribution to it and, and, and testifying to it. They're uh, taking it for face value when it wasn't. And the fact that they paid for it. Like, you have to think about it. When you're putting together, like, you know they were asking questions. Think about it. To Manafort, like, hey, give me every single address you've had since you were 18. Like, why would he give that? Yet he did. Because he was like, I have nothing to hide. Yet they'll always find something. Why would you give that? Why would you give that information? What does that have to do with Russia? Ask me about Russia. Ask me how many times I've been there. Ask me how many times I've done this. Ask me how many times I met with someone. Ask me about a conversation. Why are you asking me about where I went to school? This is where the insanity shows. This is how they build their dossier. Because when they get blocked from actual credible authorities saying, uh, yeah, you're not entitled to this information. I'm sorry. They go to you. And they're like, you know what? Innocent people talk. So we'll just get them. They'll give us everything we need and they'll just, and that's exactly what they did. They took hold and they said, well, I I don't remember that. Oops, that's a denial. You lied. And it's like, no, but I, I really don't remember. I don't even remember what I ate yesterday. I don't remember that. Well, we have this email. Well, how'd you get that email? Oh, subpoenas, huh? Okay. So since you already have it, why are you asking me? Oh, entrapment. I get it. This is how it panned out. We are going to see all this unfold this week. It's pretty incredible. It is very incredible. And we're seeing the attack on censorship coming out full-blown because we need to attack that portion of it first. I mean, they could take away our mainstream media. They can, you know, PC, Fox, they've taken over CRTV anyway, but they shouldn't be able to take away public platforms. So this is going to be a lot of fun. I mean, we've already... It strangulated, uh, you know, mainstream media outlets from defaming private individuals kind of with the Covington boys. So now they're going to be a lot more careful what they say about you or I, and they have to be a hundred percent sure. And they have to make sure that it's not dossier type material because they will be sued. Kind of like Paris Hilton. Did you see that? They're like, she tried to commit suicide after the documentary of her father. She never tried to commit suicide. She called them out that they're lying. Who's going to sue TMZ? I mean, I suggested she gets a hold of Robert Barnes, you know, the one that is representing the Covington kids because Paris Jackson should, did I say Paris Hilton? It's Paris Jackson, right? Michael Jackson's daughter should be able to sue them for lying because they shouldn't be able to get away with these things. They have a very big platform. And when someone uses their platform to cause you harm, that's where you come out suing. 
which by the way, I'm also in the process of. Uh, stay tuned on that. That hasn't come to fruition yet because I'm still collecting information. But I want to put out, we've seen Doug Collins, Representative Collins, posting all these links for all these, you know, interviews and transcripts of Strzok, Lisa Page. But now let's hear what he had to say on Sunday about Loretta Lynch. Let me just play this short clip. ...are shedding more light into FBI investigations into then-candidate Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton's emails during the 2016 presidential election. The third and most recent transcript comes from former FBI agent Peter Strzok's closed-door testimony before Congress from June of last year. It follows transcripts of testimony from former FBI attorney Lisa Page and Justice Department official Bruce Orr. Joining me right now is the top Republican on that committee who made those transcripts public, Georgia Congressman Doug Collins. Congressman, it's good to have you on the program this morning. Thanks very much for joining us. Glad to be here, Maria. It's good and, to see you. And, and in looking at these transcripts, it's pretty clear uh, uh, of, of an issue that our viewers know very well, and our viewers have followed this for upwards of a year and a half, and they know from the beginning uh, that there was no collusion and that these transcripts show an incredible amount of bias. Let's talk about some of the, the transcripts that you released. Peter Strzok's, Peter Strzok's uh, hatred of Donald Trump's influence, the investigation and evidence against Donald Trump. This was John Radcliffe in interviewing uh, Peter Strzok, and this was after the text that said, uh, Lisa Page says to him, we, he's not going to win, right? No, we'll stop him. And after that, Ratcliffe says, did Peter Strzok's hatred of Donald Trump influence the investigations and evidence against Donald Trump? Guess we'll never know, because he was never asked by the special counsel if, in fact, his hatred of Donald Trump influenced the way he handled this investigation, Correct. I think what we got to do is look at this. Is you're, you're going to know because you can look at the proof, of, and that's why we're laying out the, the transcripts as we have. Peter Strzok was a man who thought he was untouchable. He became a, a, a hero in his mind's eye and thinking that he was going to be able to... Pause right there. Peter Strzok was not FBI. He was CIA. That was a crossover. He was in the counterintelligence division. And this is something very important to point out because the FBI has kind of blurred the lines between the intelligence community and law enforcement. They're not impartial. There's no checks and balances. They all kind of meld together. Uh, let's continue and hear what he has to say control and sometimes maybe showing off for his uh, mistress at the time Lisa Page was never forget that but also in his own role to grow up in the department Peter Strzok was central going back to the email investigation, into the Russia investigation, into what became the Mueller investigation. So what we're seeing here is, yes, we see the bias. The transcripts reveal the bias. And when we see that, uh, Mr. Mueller actually got rid of him based on you know his actions and those uh, texts. So I think when we look at this together, we get a picture of, a, of someone who was brought up or, or allowed to uh, grow, if you would, under the Department of Justice under President Obama, in which politics became the foremost word, not justice. Okay, so I just want to point out something about Peter Strzok. So I've reported on this. Peter Strzok, his father was the one that took down the Iranian regime back in the 70s, where Iran was not, you know, all women haters. They wore mini skirts. It was pumping, you know, rugs were being sold. Tehran was the place to be for nightlife and trade and gold and leather and whatnot. His father actually led that coalition, and Peter Strzok actually went to school in Iran. I just want to point that out. Now, Peter Strzok, just like many people in our law enforcement too, and we see it, 
few bad apples give a bad name to even our uh, men in blue. They seem to feel like they are more important than anyone else and that their view of how they see someone is all about justice for the cause. It's not justice, period. It's justice for my cause. So they're just jaw-clenching minions. They just want blood. They just want to put people in their place and show them that I'm better than you and you either run by our rules or you get taken out. This is the bottom line in regards to how the FBI and the CIA have been operating for decades, not just now, for decades. So take a listen to a few more comments that he makes. Yeah, I understand. So in other words, they were very heavy handed with with the investigation into Donald Trump on flimsy evidence, and yet they were very light on the investigation of Hillary Clinton. Another tweet that your colleague John Ratcliffe put out was after he interviewed Lisa Page, and you released this transcript as well. And he says, Ratcliffe writes, Lisa Page just confirmed to me under oath that the FBI was ordered by the Obama DOJ not to consider charging Hillary Clinton for gross negligence in the handling of classified information. Walk us through this tweet. So they Okay, and before he walks us through that treat, tweet, <laughs> I just want to tell you, that's HQ tweet, treatment. So it's kind of like this. Say you have a police department, like my police department in Bismarck, North Dakota. The chaplain of the police department was caught trying to lure minors, children, right, to have sex with children. But, you know, he's one of their guys, so he doesn't get the same treatment some random guy in a motel luring children will. Just a reference. And this is like actual known fact. It's been reported, but obviously not by the local media. It's by this blogger called The Minuteman, Um, you know, because nobody wants to talk about it. They don't want to talk about HQ treatment. That means that's our guy. He gets a slap on the wrist. So whenever you see pedophiles getting slaps on wrist, I'm just pointing this out. Oh, they get probation. Oh, they get a year of probation or this. Know that they're connected to very big people. They they all thought. Hillary Clinton was guilty, but they were told from the DOJ, don't even think about it. This is what there was, there was two things that really came out of this. And I think one of the things was we just spoke about, and that was seemed to be of that corrupt triumvirate of Page, McCabe, and Strzok. Strzok seemed to stand out as his very aggressive nature on what he was thought about the president and his political bent. The second thing that really came out from this Lisa Page was, as I said, and I put out another tweet the other day, it says, uh, Loretta Lynch has some explaining to do. Because what we have seen now is that beforehand, she was giving, she not only told Mr. Comey that this was not an investigation to consider a matter, which is an interesting way of putting it, but also now we're seeing from Lisa Page's own testimony that the Department of Justice, which she headed, was saying gross negligence is not the standard it's going to be used here. They began to import what's called intent, which is not part of the law. So really from the early on, from... So intent is not part of the law. That's what they were doing. So, so they painted a picture of President Trump and it was all fake or collected or half-truths or whatever you want to call it, and they tried to use intent to prosecute, which is against the law. It's black and white. Do you have a victim? No. Done. You're done. You're done. But here is where they're going to be held accountable. Like I said, they're going to be held accountable for what they were doing and how they were operating. For Loretta Lynch, it's the tarmac meeting. We already know what was discussed. There's electronics everywhere. And remember, there's a 72-hour capture stream. That is non-biased. It takes and records every single piece of communication globally 
for 72 hours upstream. So the, the, the question is, each and every one of them will be held accountable for a different crime. Obviously, we won't get the full because, you know, justice is justice and we have to have it based on facts. What we have on facts is that Loretta Lynch used her office as attorney general to tell the FBI law enforcement how to pursue things. In addition, she also told the judiciary persons, judges, prosecutors, how to work on this and how to spin it. Remember, I was the one that reported how Perkins Coy stopped the server from being handed over, right? Because they drafted it. They imaged it. And there's a video in that article from a former U.S. attorney that says, yeah, 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 you don't have to hand over the same one. You just give an image of it. Oh, right. So you just exclude what you don't want them to have. This is all corruption coming down. And all of them, Yates, Rice, Lynch, McCabe, Strzok, Page, Comey. Brennan, Clapper, all of them will be held accountable. But like I said, I'm more into the fact of let's release the Kraken with, uh, you know, penning out the first executive order that President Barack Hussein Obama signed minutes after he swore in. And then we can work on these guys. These guys are already tied like a pig in a blanket with an apple in their mouth and we're slow roasting them over a spit. They're done. They're already done. It's just a matter of time. So it's mitigation, mitigation, mitigation from the far left. And in order to get the far left to crumble and cannibalize itself, what do you do? You release the Kraken. That's what I, that's what I really say. Like if he, with a stroke of a pen, removes that executive order, oh my gosh, all mayhem will be released. It will be Pandora's box. I am so excited because I'm kind of thinking that from what he's been retweeting and how they're bringing back all this stuff, you're seeing it on your Twitter feed and on your Facebook feed, all about this stuff about Obama, how he was elected, could be true and could be the way to go over William Barr's head and get it done. So uh, after the break, we're going to analyze this, talk about what we expect today and an outlook for the rest of the week. I'll see you all in a few. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr. and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it? the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855 700 2978. 
800-800-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My Pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable My Pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My Pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back for the last half hour of the Tory Says Show. Geez, an hour and a half went by so quick because there's so much to talk about. So uh, like I've been talking about for the past hour and a half, each and every one of these individuals will be caught on a crime that is specific. Like Loretta Lynch, which is quid pro quo, discussing the tarmac meeting. And we already know that she provided testimony. That's been sealed. It hasn't been unsealed yet. So I need Doug Collins to like release that transcript now. So we're going to see that. We see Peter Strzok. We see Lisa Page. We see um, Rice. We see Yates. Uh, There's so much. Brennan. (laughs) McCabe. It's all coming down. Each and every one of them for something different. Because, you know... Regardless of how we just want to lock them up for the the general picture that we're getting and the collusion between themselves, the only thing we could do is process an actual crime. Unfortunately, that's the way our justice system works, but that is bonafide what we should stand for, right? Justice. Black and white. No BS dossiers. No BS speculative, you know, information. No gossip. No trolling. uh, No manufactured, but actually crime, victim, punishment. That's the way it should be. Now, in the case of Mueller... It should be your crime is starting an investigation, proceeding with an investigation using federal and state tax money to pursue a nothing burger. And you knew it was a nothing burger. And then you extended getting information unsolicited from other people that broke the law to give it to you, like IRS agents, like PayPal, like, 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 because all those people will be held accountable. Banks that just released information because you abused your right to subpoena Dukas Tecum. Remember, all of these things are separate crimes, so it'll be multiple charges. So we're going to see that happen. Now, I retweeted um, an article during the break. This article is from uh, Zero Hedge. 
And it's pretty important. Uh, in this, Zero Hedge has made it clear that, uh, you know, Sean Davis had tweeted out this specific tweet. And I read. He's from The Federalist. This particular passage from Lisa Page's testimony about the FBI's Trump investigation is interesting. Given that we know for a fact that a foreign national working on behalf of Hillary's campaign was working with Russians to obtain damaging information about Donald Trump. Okay. So Ms. Page says it definitely does. So upon the opening of the crossfire hurricane investigation, and please go to big league, uh, look under a uh, big league politics.com backslash author backslash Tory, and you will find my hurricane electric article. It'll be very enlightening for you. So she says, so upon the opening of Crossfire Hurricane Investigation, we had a number of discussions up through and including the director regularly in which we were trying to find an answer to the question, right? Which is, is there someone associated with the campaign who is working with the Russians in order to obtain damaging information about Hillary Clinton? And given that it is August, we were very aware of the speed and sensitivity that we needed to operate under. Now, that was a tweet that was tweeted out by Sean Davis. And Twitter literally admitted to shadow banning that tweet, and I quote, to keep people safe. How is it tweeting a passage from former FBI attorney Lisa Page from her congressional testimony keeping people safe? That's, think about it, guys. This is incredible. And keep in mind, Zero Hedge has now been banned. Remember, they took them off of Facebook, right? But they've actually been banned from being accessed from New Zealand and Australia. Why? Because they're the ones reporting on the Christchurch shootings. And a lot of us have seen, you know, some footage from it. And we're just like, mm, I don't know, man. Where are the bullet holes? Where are the bullets? They're disappearing. Hold on a second. Why is everyone falling down to the ground before shooting? Why is it so bright? How did this happen? Why did they go on that day? Wow, pretty odd that it's coming right off the bat after social media shutdown. So people are asking questions and they're being banned. So people can't see those questions. And I know I have a lot of fans out from Australia and New Zealand. Hi to all of you that are listening to this live. I know yesterday I didn't upload um, a copy of my show. I will do today. Um, There was a problem on the rendering. All of you out there, we have you in our thoughts here in the United States. We know what is going on, and it is exactly what's going on here. And unfortunately for my Kiwis out in New Zealand, you know, we all know the pressure that your nation is under and um, your he, she, because I saw something super weird with Jacinda. Is it Jacinda or Jack? Did you guys see that video? That was pretty weird. It was kind of like swinging like Michael Obama, Michelle, a.k.a., right? But it's it, it, they're under a lot of pressure because remember every single corrupt clown visited New Zealand to access databases through the five eyes program. So we know that New Zealand is under tremendous pressure and you know, they have a really good control over you. I mean, you're, you're, you're alone and we get it and you're being pressured, uh, from those in the crown that owns. So we feel for you and you know, we pray for you. Now, on that note, let's take a look at what we are anticipating. We know that William Barr has made a lot of statements. Uh, We know that he's come out, and even in the Christchurch shooting, he said using religion or political right reasons to uh, commit crimes or shootings 
is something that he will come down with a hard fist on, right? So he entered the word political, right? We all have been told that this is a religious thing, right? Islamophobia and all that stuff. But he entered the word in his statement, the word political. This is key because it indicates political prosecution is now being taken into consideration to be used as a basis of a hate crime. And this is great because it's coming out. I mean, even if the mainstream media really tries hard, it's coming out that we have a lot of political prosecution and crimes being done for political reasons, not for actual reasons of, you know, things that should be prosecuted for. On that note, on that note, think How many people in the United States have been prosecuted for their political beliefs? A lot, right? Some have been attacked physically. Some have been attacked um, privately on social media, um, attacked through judicial systems, through their local media, through friends, through family. And I use air quotes on those words, friends and family. This is what we need to uh, realize how this is happening, right? Um, Also, we have to realize the war that they have waged against the people of the United States using their platforms. Today, it seems really odd that the news feed for CNN is uh, pretty lackluster. Have you guys noticed that? Their reporting is, um, if anything, very simplistic and very obsolete. They're talking about federal prosecutors using a new law by President Trump to access a Gmail account from uh, Cohen. So they've filed for a pen registry. Uh, this is a big deal. You know, this is a violation. Uh, Supreme Court says that the government can detain immigrants with past criminal records even years after release from custody. This is this is their breaking news headlines. Listen, a federal judge allowed Robert Mueller team to review years of Cohen's emails and other online data from the time he worked under Trump. That's that's a violation. I mean, you may not like Cohen. Right. And I'm all for that. Right. He's a rat. You know, he picked the wrong side. He was beaten. He was weak. Okay, done. He was weak. But to go back that far and have that authority to do that is a violation of his civil rights. I'm sorry, guys. We can hate him all we want, but this is the United States of America. We don't allow things like that to happen. Then they say uh, U.S. backed forces in Syria have captured ISIS fighters linked to the January suicide attack in Mumbij, uh that killed four Americans. Uh, so they reported that the Pentagon sends Congress a list of projects that could be cut to pay for a border wall. Uh, France will ban yellow vest protesters in some areas of the country, including uh, Paris Champs-Élysées, after violence erupted during demonstrations this weekend. The CNN poll says that the U.S. economy is in good shape. It's the highest number since 2001, which is true, finally. And then the suspect in the deadly tram shooting in Netherlands has been caught. The Turkish guy, right? So these are the headlines that they're going. But they're not talking about the looming prosecution of all these individuals. They're not talking about the transcripts of Lisa Page. They're not. They're, they're talking about how the Supreme Court, uh, you know, is uh, 
talking about the prosecution of three undocumented immigrants for using stolen social security numbers. That's something that I've been advocating for for a while. You know, obviously many people will be like, no, prosecute, prosecute. But it's like, I don't want to be the person that gets them, um, you know, and have that on my hand because it could just be a guy or a woman that was raped and felt the need to cross the border. You know, I, you know, a lot of people think that I'm really staunch on this, but there are bona fide claims for asylum. People that think that they have no other option but to come to the border. But I am all for the, please go through the port. But for me that has, has had their information used by illegal immigrants, I could tell you, I completely know the blowback that you get from it. I mean, financially and how it hurts you as a person. But I can also think, well, for them to do it, you know, in such a way and they're getting jobs you know they're getting surgery one guy got prostate surgery with my stuff um you know it's it's something that you know i can't bring my heart you could say oh that's not right you should just prosecute i get a lot of people that say that and you know that doesn't agree with the vision someone might have of me but i'm a conservative and i'm a christian and and that's what identifies me as a person i wear my heart on my sleeve and i and i try to put myself in somebody else's shoes um but I'm glad that the law is taking this into account, you know, and that there's, you know, some remedy because it's been really, really hard for me to fix things. Imagine for other people, uh, there's people that have had people use their social security number to get amputations. So like, this is legit. So they go to the hospital and, you know, they broke a toe or they broke their foot and, you know, they need surgery and get pins in it. But then your insurance says, I'm declining it because you've already had that foot amputated. And the doctor and you are like, but both my feet are here. Yeah, sorry. You've already filed a claim to amputate that foot. We're not going to do it. And no one wants to get involved. This is the way it goes. I mean, I had an insurance company call me and ask me, you know, hey, did you go to this hospital and get prostate surgery? And I'm like, hey, you do realize that I'm a woman and I don't even have a prostate. And it's like, yeah, but we still have to ask because it was filed through your insurance. So these are these are real crimes, but they're trying to spin it in a way that we're punishing illegal immigrants um, for using it. And in one essence, you know, I'm 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 conflicted on this. And this is this is, you know, I'm always straight with my opinion. Nobody has to agree with me, you know. We should always look at each thing as it is. Like, would you treat, say we have two criminals. We have one woman that walks into Sephora and steals lipsticks. And then we have another woman that steals baby formula. Would you really send a woman who stole baby formula that has no money, that's been left, that's probably homeless with a child and she stole diapers or baby formula? Would you really prosecute her or would you prosecute the woman that stole the lipsticks? Do you see what I'm trying to say? I think we should all take it into account of how severe a punishment is. Yes, there should be consequences, but it should also be looked at like, you know, the crime. Does it really fit the punishment? Right. And for that, I mean, some people may call me fluffy and, you know, <laughs> you know, not like where I sit on that, but I'm, I'm totally okay with it. I, I just want to put that out there. So today we're going to hear a lot of things coming out in regards to recommendations for prosecutions. Uh, that is the word on the street. Um, if anything, it'll be later on, um, maybe early in the morning tomorrow because, uh, indictments from what I hear are happening after 2 PM on Friday. Uh, 
So a lot of information is coming out. The president has made it clear. Uh, there's a stance being taken on social media. So if the president is backing the Stop the Bias movement, you better make sure that there's a lot going on. Uh, so that, So having said that, we're looking at a very speedy, speedy movement um, attacked on all fronts. There is also uh, whispers that Congress may actually try to overturn the veto. Now, that is being discussed in the House right now as we speak um, from a text from some eyes and ears that I have in there. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see who will jump on that and if they will be able to garnish the two-thirds that they need to override our president's veto. So think about it as a battlefront. Could you imagine if you're just standing and you're looking at all these things happening at once? We've got the wall that we want to build and there's a stymie there. We've got a veto that is being discussed in the House. We've got um, illegal immigration issues being targeted. And like I reported over a week ago, 31 more judges were appointed for immigration processes, which means you come in, you go to the judge, you get out. And um, we have issues in regards to our DOJ, FBI, CIA, all of them being held accountable. We've got the Mueller report that's being dangled and everyone's like, it's coming, it's coming. Personally, like I said, you know, I don't want it to come. I just want a report that says it was a nothing burger. There was no Russia collusion. It's done. It was an abuse of power and you will be held responsible. That is what I want to see. Um, if the Mueller report comes out, um, it'll be detrimental for the integrity of the Democrats, but also it will give them the ability to scrutinize it and say that hair's out of place. Let's run with that. Um, we have the attorney general of New York attacking the president again, violating all oaths that she's taken, which is you have to have a crime and a victim or a loss before you investigate anyone. Just because the law says you can do it doesn't mean you should. And if you do that and you abuse your power, you should be fired. So we've got that battlefront too. We've got the issues with China. We've got the issues with Russia. And, you know, they're talking about North Korea, but that falls into China because we all know China's running that show. And then the bottom line is what we have is the issue with communication. We as conservatives, we as people that do not run through the headlines of CNN, because as you saw, they were all repetitive and redundant and fake. Um, we want to have access to information. They're limiting our, our ability to actually get the information online. We've been pushed into the shadows to 8chan. So that's going to be a really big talking point this week within the House, within the Senate, especially in the White House, as we can see with the tweet from the president of hashtag stop the bias. Um, and don't forget, we have Ilhan Omar. That has been delayed. That hearing of expulsion has been delayed. So we're still waiting on that. Also, I just want to say, two things. What happened to the people that testified against Kavanaugh? Where are they? Why aren't we hearing anything? Why aren't we pushing against that? Could it be that there's something in the mix for that too? Where is Ruth Bader Ginsburg? She's obviously always in the Supreme Court, but nobody has a picture of her. I mean, you would think a paparazzi is in your face when you go to the supermarket to buy milk, but no one's standing outside her door to actually get video footage of her being around. So that is a little bit curious to me. On that note... I, I want to kind of lay out um, let me just let me just play this clip of Colin so you just get the idea. April, May, and we know from May when Mr. Comey started writing, or the group together came together and they were going to look at gross negatives, but then began to write an exoneration of Ms. Glenn long before they ever even interviewed her. So we know this was coming from the top. So we now have a pattern here. Look at the pattern. You have Department of Justice 
and FBI on their own agenda with a political bent, hoping for Ms. Clinton to become president. That's sort of the, the takeaway over these first three transcripts. And, and this was way before Loretta Lynch, then the AG, had a meeting on the tarmac with Bill Clinton just a few days before Hillary had her interview with the FBI, right? This was even before that. Oh, very... Oh, very much so, Maria. We, uh, we look at this. That was even that was closer to the time when she said, I won't be a part of the prosecutorial decision, which all of a sudden, you know, in many ways has become evident now, gave James Comey what he believed was his Superman cape to go do whatever he wanted to do. But she was already, this was already in the works. Lisa Page transcripts confirmed this. This is why we release these in the way we're releasing them so that people can begin to see what's happening here. I, we, were make, we were in this investigation. Democrats and others were saying, why are you going back? Why are you doing this? You know, they, they made fun of the investigation the whole time. Well, now they've got a problem. I believe Mr. Mueller's report is going to come back and show that there was no collusion, which, by the way, is not a crime, but there's no collusion, nothing with the Trump uh, administration, what they're going to find in the president himself. But what they are going to have to deal with now is the reality of influence and collusion among DOJ and FBI employees in an email investigation which was handled badly, that moved into a Russia investigation that was handled even worse, and then into a Mueller investigation. So these are the kind of things that the American people deserve to see, and that's why we're putting them out. Now, Jim Baker was the key lawyer for the FBI. You've got transcripts on him as well. He had a closed-door meeting, and my sources say that in one of his meetings, he admitted that he wanted to charge HRC. He thought Hillary Clinton was uh, should be convicted of gross negligence. Now, are you going to be releasing that transcript soon? There'll be more transcripts released. Baker will be one that we're looking at releasing. And yes, there has been some leaked information that, that, Mr., that Mr. Baker actually had that exactly what you talked about. This is why this is important, Maria, and I don't want any of your, your the folks watching today to forget this. This is a pattern. This is not something that randomly happened. I'm tired of, you know, really the mainstream media saying the FBI was investigating Ms. Clinton. No, there was a group that was investigating and told that they couldn't do their job. Remember, she was not even interviewed till late after they had already started this discussion with the DOJ officials, probably including the attorney general. She headed it. So let's leave it at that. So this is where I wanted to inch. He said it's a pattern. And think about it this way. For those of you that have served and those of you that are in just jobs, regular jobs, right, where you report to someone. If something goes wrong in your unit or in your restaurant, you're one of the servers, isn't it your boss that gets in trouble for it? Do you think that the DOJ, the CIA, and other intelligence community elements, along with the FBI and Congress persons and senators, did things without asking Barack Hussein Obama for permission? Do you really think that's true? I mean, we see how close our president is with his cabinet. Do you think his cabinet would be sitting on daily meetings with him and not inform him what they're doing? Who was the one campaigning for Hillary Clinton? It was Hussein, wasn't it? Who else? His wife slash she-man wife, whatever. Okay, so what are we hiding behind here? And as you notice, Rep. Collins said, we're releasing them slowly so people get an idea because you can't just drop a brick on someone's head. You can't shatter someone's reality instantly because this is going to be a problem. That is, uh, you know, the main idea here. Um, uh, let's listen to what the president says. He's at the Rose Garden right now. Hold on. Let me play this. It's never 
been by far. I also want to congratulate you on your recovery from a truly horrible ordeal. So he's talking about the Brazilian president. And um, the reason that I wanted you guys to listen is he is applauding him for his recovery. If you think that corrupt intelligence, corrupt law enforcement exists only in the United States, you're wrong. It's everywhere. It's global. Look at them. They're all crumbling. Did you see when I read off the headlines, the yellow vests are going to be banned. You're seen with a yellow vest. You are now arrested. You are now an enemy. Just like if you're wearing a red hat in America, it could say make America great again. It could say stop the bias. You're a criminal because you're wearing it. It is happening worldwide. Our president caused a great wave in this calm and controlled, you know, environment of the globalists. Soros, the lead hand, which many of you understand now. We have to drip, drip this information because people cannot handle the truth. We are going to see them cannibalize each other. They already are. Even some Democrats are like, whoa, this is like a little bit overstep, but I don't care because Trump is bad. And it's like, come on, man. I don't like Cohen, but what they're doing to him is wrong. It's a violation of his civil rights. This is America, right? We don't care how wrong someone is when we're violating a right that is afforded to them by our nation. We should stand by them. Kind of like free speech. I don't like what a lot of people say online, but I'm not for banning them or silencing them because if it's done to them today, it's going to be me tomorrow. And all of us should remember that. The crimes that we will hold all these clowns accountable for will be lackluster for many of us because it's just the tip of the iceberg. But we all have to remember that this is the United States of America and we don't prosecute as an entirety of a message or what it emanates. We prosecute on actual factual crimes and that they were committed knowingly, right? Because a lot of people commit crimes that they, they, they didn't know was a crime or they didn't know that it would be construed as a crime. And it may sound dumb, but you know, it's like digging a hole in your front yard, a Apparently, maybe your state says you can't dig a hole that's three feet. You didn't intend to break the law. You were just wanting to dig a hole. I'm just saying. All of us need to be prepared that it might be lackluster. And on that note, grab your popcorn. Buy some stocks in popcorn because it's going to be a wild ride this week. And, you know, the saying, March comes in like a, uh, a lion goes out like a lamb. Uh, we're sure going to be roasting them lambs. And they're going to be springlings. Um and stay tuned because next week I will have some amazing guests. This week I will have Red Hats for Trump. I'll have In the Matrix back on. And next week is going to be super, super wild. Uh, from all of us here at Red State, we wish you a happy and healthy evening. Stay true to your true north. Make sure that whatever happens, you see it in an objective view. Don't be discouraged because the president listens. God bless.